for us all. Grant us courage and strength to take up the cross and follow him who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Thank you. 
rise for the singing of the Alleluia verse.
already promised. It's a, she might die. She might, she might will. That's a good way to say it. She might will die. Eventually, and how about Dr. Seuss? Yeah, Dr. Seuss, right? Well, are these books real? I've, I've probably seen them fly before. Does that make it a real story? Uh, some of these fantasy stories and things that happen, and sometimes they could be real, but maybe they didn't happen. What about this book? The Bible. The Bible. Is this a real story? Yeah. There are lots. We call them different books, and Mr. Knapp read from two books today. He read from Deuteronomy that Moses put the words down, and he read from Philemon where St. Paul put the words down, and Pastor read from the Gospel as Luke wrote the words down. But all of these words in the Bible are true. All of those words come from the Holy Spirit. These men that wrote these words and women that wrote these words down are words from God. God's true words. Do you ever read the Bible? Yeah, when's a good time to read the Bible? A couple kids' Bibles, those are good because they're helpful for, helpful for you to understand, right? But you know what? They're the same words. It's the same stories because it's all about one story. All these 66 different books we've, we've categorized the Bible in, and they tell one story about who? Jesus. Who is God? Yeah. About Jesus, our Savior. And Mr. Matt read in the Old Testament, all the way back in the Old Testament, People were reminded thousands, a couple thousand years before Jesus, choose life. And who, how do we have life? How do we get life? How do we get eternal life? Who's that come from? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus died for us. And coming to church and being together with other Christians are those helpful things to help you remember that Jesus died for you. And we read the Bible in church. And in late service, we're going to have a baptism. Is that a great way to remember Jesus? We do a baptism. Of course, we do a baptism. And we welcome Jesus into our babies' lives and our lives. We've been all been baptized. And hopefully we've all been baptized, right? That's how we remember Jesus. We always want to remember that Jesus died for us. Jesus is our Savior. And we do those things that are helpful us to remember Jesus. Can you say a prayer? Say the word back to me. Dear God, we thank you for your son Jesus. Help fill us with your Holy Spirit. And lead us through your word. Your truth in the Bible. To remember and share your great love of salvation through Jesus. Amen. Alright, so what do you got to be if you want to say in the Bible? A worm, exactly. So have some burning worms and remember to say.
We continue with our sermon and how clear is our vocation, Lord, on page 9. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are here. You have gathered together this morning once again to hear the good news that your sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus. You are a baptized child of God in the family of faith, and that family will get bigger this morning as we add little Lydia Whitaker at late service. You are in. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are part of the Lord's church. You have the gift of eternal life. You are moving through life in the ship of the church. As we've talked about before, this area of the church is called the nave. It comes from the Latin word novice, which means ship. 
It's the same word from which we get the word navy. You are in the ship of the church, the ship of faith. As a part of the Lord's church, as a member of God's family, in his ship of faith, you ride out the storms of life, the joys and the struggles, until the day comes when you're wheeled in here one last time to be laid to rest, to await the resurrection of the dead. You're in. You're in. You know the truth of the forgiveness of sins through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You have been rescued from the darkness of sin, death, and the devil and transferred into the kingdom of God. You're in. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You have been given unending gifts. You're blessed by God for eternity. You are destined to live forever in the heavenly city of New Jerusalem. You're here. You're in. And so you get to ask yourself, should I stay or should I go? This is a question posed by Mick Jones of The Clash in a song written in 1981, which seems like yesterday, but apparently it's 41 years ago now. Should I stay or should I go? If I go, there will be trouble. If I stay, there will be double. Now, Mick Jones and The Clash are talking about a relationship with a girl. Your question is about your relationship with God through his church. Should I stay or should I go? As Jesus teaches in our gospel reading today, you have to count the cost of following Jesus. What are the costs? What are the benefits? Jesus teaches, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus then talks about building a tower and going to war and how you have to count the costs. Should I stay or should I go? Being a disciple of Jesus has its costs and its benefits. Is it worth it? Being a part of the Lord's church has its cost. Being a disciple of Jesus costs you a few hours on Sunday morning each week. It costs you money, a sacrificial first fruits offering. It costs you time in prayer and Bible study. It costs you time in service to the church. It costs you obedience to God. It costs you having to love people that you may not like. It costs you not being able to join Sunday morning sports leagues. It costs you the freedom to be your own master. It costs you the freedom to follow your own feelings. It costs you being annoyed about something at church and still coming. Cost you trying to keep wiggly kids quiet and still. It costs you submission to God's will. It costs you the option of trading in your spouse on a new or different model. 
It costs you having to keep intimacy inside of a marriage of a man and a woman. It costs you friends who do not want to be around someone who believes the Bible is true. It can cost you your job. It can cost you family members. It can cost you your physical freedom, as many in the world are jailed for following Jesus. In some countries, it can cost you your life. Should I stay or should I go? Is the benefit worth the cost? Some folks, I fear, think, well, I'll stay in the church, but only if it doesn't cost me too much. I'll stay, but not if it affects my sex life or my money or my schedule or my business practices or my recreation. Then the cost would be too high. Being a disciple of Jesus has costs. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Should I stay or should I go? Set before you are life and death, good and evil, blessing and curse. Choose life. Choose to stay in the Lord's church. Stay knowing there's a cost so it's never a surprise. Stay because Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Stay because you are the salt of the earth. You are salt preventing the rot of evil from destroying lives and leading people into the fires of hell. You are salt loving and serving others. You are salt preserving lives through the good news of forgiveness of sins in Jesus. Stay. Resist the desire to give in to the ways of the world. The Stanford Marshmallow Experiment is a test of impulsivity and delayed gratification, where a, a child is seated at a table with one marshmallow in front of them, and they're told they can eat that marshmallow, but then they will not get any more marshmallows. But if they wait a bit, they'll get a second marshmallow. Can the students delay their gratification? I am relatively good at resisting impulsivity and delaying gratification when it comes to food during the day. But once the sun sets and the clock hits 10 p.m. or so, something switches off and I become an expert in impulsivity and gratifying my every snacking desire. There are times when I am strong and there are times when I am weak. When it comes to the question of being a follower of Jesus, should I stay or should I go, there are times when you will be strong and easily able to resist the temptations and there will be times when you are weak and more prone to give in and think that the cost of following Jesus is too high. The devil knows your weaknesses, and he will exploit them. So be on guard. Know your own weaknesses and protect yourself. 
And when you fail, do not give in to the devil's temptation to despair, but instead live out your true identity as a baptized child of God. Get on your knees, repent of your sin, and know that your sin is forgiven by your dear Lord Jesus. And if you do choose to leave, do not give the devil the satisfaction of having you slowly drift away into unbelief as if you do not know what you're doing. Be bold. Declare what you're doing. Set before you our life and death, good and evil, blessing and curse. Declare the cost is too high. I choose death. I choose evil. I choose to be cursed. That way you'll know what you're doing. You'll know what you're choosing. There is a cost to following Jesus because it's following Jesus. Jesus is the suffering servant. Jesus is the one who carries his own cross and suffers and dies at the place of the skull. Jesus is God in flesh who is the Lamb of God who offers himself as the once for all sacrifice for sin. There is a cost to following Jesus, but the benefits are eternal. Should I stay or should I go? Weighing the costs and the benefits, you should stay. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. You are a baptized child of God moving through life in the ship of faith in the Lord's church. Stay. It is worth the cost for eternity. Count the cost and know that eternal life with Jesus is a treasure beyond compare. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. Amen. We rise and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Who spoke by the prophets, 
not in even one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
Give thanks to the Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh, and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake, he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, everyone praising you and saying,
you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.